Modern Science Art Immunology Series podcast and today I'm going to be talking to you about complement. Complement crops up time and time again in all of my discussions about innate immunology and the if you remember innate immunology is really what we're talking about is non-specific mechanisms of recognition and what that means is is that it's non-specific because there is a general response to something because your innate immune system has been supplied with equipment and recognition tools to recognize a part of a bacterial coat, for example, that's so fundamentally essential that without it, bacteria wouldn't survive. That's what we mean by non-specific. The complement is a protein that's produced from our liver and it's found you know, dissolved in your, in your serum. It's a serum protein. And to ensure effective recognition and clearance, three activation pathways of the complement system have evolved, and I'll talk about those in detail in a moment. What happens is, is that the activation of these complement pathways cause the amplification of the immune response against the bacterium. So the immune system recognises bacteria using this complement system. And then the part of the bacteria it recognises is the pathogen-associated molecular pattern, or PAMP for short. And so an immune response is then amplified. It's bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, the thing is, if you want to know something is important in immunology or anything, you see what happens when you remove it. If you remove complement or part of the components that can activate complement, you find you get deficiencies, and those lead to overwhelming infection and sepsis. Now, sepsis is where you have bacteria simply not cleared. Uh, this is simplifying an awful lot. And ultimately, you end up in ITU. So we have these three pathways. The first pathway to activate complement, to cause this big protein to degrade into smaller proteins and amplify our immune response, is the classical pathway. The classical pathway starts with the activation of the complement in its intact form. This is called complement 1, C1Q, and it is activated by immune complexes, which in our, in our bodies means antibodies. If we have antibodies present, they activate the C1Q. The second pathway is called the alternate pathway, or alternate pathway, meaning it's not the classical pathway. And this can be activated even in the absence of an antibody by bacterium. And the third pathway is the mannose binding leptin pathway. So complement starts off as a big protein that is essentially cleaved into smaller parts of protein. So it starts off as complement one. And every time it cleaves, it becomes complement two. And if complement two is cleaved, that becomes complement three, and so on and so on. This is obviously a general idea. I'm, I'm not going to go into the minutiae of this because uh, all if you're doing this, listening, it's very difficult to get a, a sort of a handle on it. But what I want to get the idea across is that by simply activating one pathway, you suddenly get this massive avalanche of bits of complement protein. And some of the bits of protein that are produced come together and form enzymes. Some of them will act independently in different ways. And this gives you essentially an idea of having one protein suddenly becomes activated, you get this massive response. And ultimately, you can produce up to 16, 1, 6 different uh, complement proteins. So a small stimulus can create a very large effect. 
And for each of the pathways, the antibody one, the classical one, the alternate one, and the mannose binding one, common to all these pathways is that you have a complement three fragment. So you kind of go with complement one, complement two, complement three. And all of, all of these pathways have a complement three fragment. And then complement three ends up being the most abundant and important of the complement protein fragments. Activated complement generates three major types of effectors, the type of activities that the, the complement can do, which is why it's pretty good at what it does. The first action of complement is as an anaphylatoxin. It is essentially a pro-inflammatory pro molecule, and essentially it um, attracts and activates your white blood cells, your leukocytes, through activation with their receptors and they have receptors for complement so the complement particles the fragments of complement that do this are c3a and c5a so let's say a for anaphylatoxin so you know you may have heard of an anaphylatoxin it's a bit of a mouthful you would have heard it in terms of anaphylatoxic shock where you have a massive um, inflammatory reaction to something. It's where you have a huge, great activation of your immune system. So you have complement itself, C3A and C5A, are really potent. And when I mean potent, I mean they're really, really strong pro-inflammatory molecules. Um, and these can bind to receptors on your white blood cells. So there will be a C3A receptor and a C5A receptor on things like neutrophils, which cause their massive activation and they start to phagocytose and all that sort of stuff. So it really makes your white blood cells go get very, very activated. Go, they go a bit bonkers. Uh, the other act action, uh, one of the other actions, is that the complement fragments can act as opsonic fragments. And what that does is it comes from the Latin to make food ready and it coats, it will coat itself it will stick to target surfaces through covalent bonding so it really is stuck quite tight and the opsonic fragments are c3b uh, c, there's a smaller version of that and a c3d and uh, i believe there's a c4 i can't remember off the top of my head so you do have to kind of um know all of them but it's it's sort of it's it's a there's a there are a lot of them don't forget there are 16 of them off the top of my head that i can think of so these uh, are act as opsonic fragments so they become more palatable to phagocytes coming along and seeing something covered in c3b molecule will suddenly go oh i might going to eat you now so the final one is the terminal membrane attack complex um, or the mac the mac which goes from C5B to 9, so C5B, uh, 6, 7, 8, 9. And these directly lies. That means they cause your pathogens, opsonized pathogens or damaged cell cells to actively explode. They lies. So it's, it's pretty cool. So these are the overall things they do, these three actions that complement can carry out. Uh, other important functions that are kind of coming to the surface is that maybe they can also adapt uh, influence your adaptive immune system, they can promote uh, angiogenesis, mobilize stem cells, there are lots of things. I'll be talking about the formation of the membrane attack complex uh, a little bit later on. What I want to talk to you about now is the 
the mannose binding leptin component of the complement system. So as I've said, you've got the first pathway is the classical pathway. You have an antibody, it binds to complement one, and immediately you get the kind of crumbling of complement one. Mannose binding lectin is different. Mannose binding lectin is a protein you already have circulating in your blood, and it attaches to a pathogen's mannose. Mannose is a sugar, and it's a sugar on the surface of your bacteria. I once likened bacteria to licorice comforts. They're kind of like these oblong, lovely little licorice sweets, cylindrical, that are um, kind of coated in sugar. You know, very similar, um, except not really. So your bacteria has this mannose on its surface and mannose binding lectin can bind to that mannose and become activated. And then phagocytes, our white blood cells, can bind to that mannose binding lectin, which has been bound to the bacterium, and then phagocytosis ensues. So that's what normally can happen with our mannose binding lectin. And again, if you want to see how important this is, is that actually you can find people who have mutations in their mannose binding lectin gene or mutations to the promoter region or whatever. These people are really susceptible to a wide range of bacterial, viral and parasitic infections, particularly uh, in early childhood before your adaptive immunity is established. Um, or, for example, if your adaptive immunity is compromised, for example, during HIV infection or if you're following chemotherapy, you find that uh, you really do rely on your... Um, this mannose binding lectin as a way of getting rid of bacterium. So the classical and lectin pathways have a similarity. So complement is activated by antibodies and activated mannose binding lectin. This is an exogenous material. However, the one difference is, is that the lectin pathway, the mannose binding lectin pathway, the mannose binding lectin way of activating complement is that it actually activates the alternative pathway. I've not spoken much about the alternative pathway. The alternative pathway is something that is constitutively active. It means it's not antibodies. And what's happening is, is that uh, it's a tick-over mechanism whereby your complement is constantly active at low levels when you have absolutely no infection at all. So what's happening is, is that you're just sitting around and the complement that's being produced from the liver is just constantly degrading and it allows your system to stay prime for a rapid and robust activation. It's, it's pretty cool. So you find that the mannose binding lectin actually enables uh, that to kind of, uh, you know, become activated. It promotes the cleavage of these elements of complement, accelerating their degradation into the smaller component parts. So complement exists as a lot of different types. It's this big protein that's cleaved into smaller parts and smaller parts, and each of them has an activity. So as I've said, all activation pathways converge onto this common terminal pathway of C3, the alternate pathway, the antibody one, the, C, the, the classical pathway, and the mannose binding pathway. So you've got this complement three, and it's common to the classical pathway, the alternate pathway, and the mannose binding lectin pathway. And remember that these pathways are simply whether you activate your complement upstream or one further downstream. As the C3 fragments, 
you get these C3b and C4b and you find that you have your opsonic fragments, you have your anaphylatoxins, so remember anaphylatoxins are things that activate your white blood cells binding to receptors, so the complement binds to matching receptors on your white blood cells and the opsonic fragments bind covalently, so that means really tightly to your pathogen, enabling them to be phagocytosed. Pretty cool. Then you have this thing called the membrane attack complex. The membrane attack complex is where you get these final bits of complement bro broken up. So you get five, six, seven, eight, and nine. And these little bits of complement align themselves in the cell membrane of the bacterium. So it's a bit like when I'm giving a lecture and there's always a group of people who refuse to sit anywhere else but absolutely tightly next to each other and will not allow anybody to sit in between them. The complement is working in a very similar fashion whereby the complement C5 is sitting next to C6, is sitting next to C7 and they form a little circle, a very tight circle. But in doing so, create this little protein hole in this lipid sugar membrane and create a hole. It's a poking a hole in the surface of your bacterium. And because you've created this essential portal, you enable all of the um, contents to come in and out very freely. Now, because a bacterium is full of stuff, it's very concentrated, you find that sort of os through osmosis, you get lots and lots of water traveling into the bacterium because that way you kind of create an equilibrium between the concentration inside and outside the cell. What happens is, is that in doing so, the bacterium swells and swells and swells and essentially it will explode, it lyses. So it's a pretty cool way of getting rid of a bacterium. So there is one situation in which complement comes into its own, uh, which isn't when you're sick, actually. It's when you have foreign blood that is infused into you if your blood type doesn't match. And there used to be something called a Coombs test, and blood banks use an indirect Coombs test to determine whether there's likely to be an adverse reaction to bloods being transfused. And if you remember, you have lots of different blood groups. You have blood group A, B, AB, and O. And the letters denote whether you have antigens on your surface. So you have A antigens. That's A little glycoproteins, proteins and sugars on the surface of your red blood cell. Blood group A. Blood group B, you've got B ones. Now, because your red blood cells have no nucleus, they have no MHC1, then your immune system cannot recognise whether your red blood cells are foreign or not. It's just not possible. So what evolutionarily we have is your red blood cell is teamed up with an antibody that will bind anything that is dissimilar to your red blood cell. So if you have a blood group A, you will have an antibody that will bind to blood group B, and that will be anti-B against B. So that's how that works. Now, I want you to cast your minds back to complement and the classical pathway. The thing that activates the classical complement pathway are antibodies. So if you have 
cross-linked antibody, an activated antibody, because it has bound to a red blood cell that is foreign, yeah, you will get the activation of the complement system through the C1Q. So an antibody will bind to the surface of your blood and it will activate and uh, it will activate and produce uh, C2 and C4 fragments. I think it's C2A and C4B fragments. And both of these um, can generate an enzyme called C3B convertase. C3B convertase, convertase is an enzyme, A is, tells you it's an enzyme. Um, sorry, so C3B convertase, it splits complement 3 into two fragments, uh, C3A, which is an anaphylatoxin, and C3B, which is an opsonic fragment. The C3B that's produced this opsonic fragment binds covalently to the surface of the incompatible red blood cell and therefore that red blood cell can become phagocytosed. So when you have, most people think if I add the wrong blood what's going to happen is antibodies will come along and they'll clot them and agglutinate them and you're like yeah sort of but what else? That's just one mechanism by which antibodies work and there's a whole podcast on how antibodies work. Antibodies work through agglutination, but they also act through the activation of the complement system. And so you find that you have your red blood cells coated in these opsonic fragments. So your red blood cell starts to get eaten. You then have this C3A. The C3A diffuses away with all the other fragments and it acts as this chemoattractant. So C3A diffuses away with other fragments and it acts as a chemoattractant and it stimulates mast cells. Remember, mast cells produce histamine. Uh, C5A attracts macrophages and neutrophils. And then after this, we've got all of these white blood cells that are activated and phagocytosing like crazy. We have um, the activation of this membrane attack complex. So C5 convertase, you've got an enzyme you know, produced eventually down in this, this sort of part of the complement. Uh, it splits C5, complement 5. It's split by this enzyme that complement itself has created into C5A and C5B. C5B reacts with C6 and C7, and that reacts with C8 and C9, and it forms this membrane attack complex. So we have C5, it goes into these smaller portions, C5A, C5B, it reacts with C6, C7, C8 and C9, and forms this membrane attack complex. And that will perforate the outer membrane of your red blood cell. And your red blood cell will then explode. It will rise. Isn't that amazing? So in, in, in summary, we have these three pathways. We've got the antibodies. We've got the alternate pathway, which is constantly ticking over, where your complement three is hydrolyzed or broken up at a slow rate, and it is accelerated by microbial surfaces. The lectin, mannose binding lectin, that happens on the interaction with mannose on the bacteria, causes the activation of proteases that cleave complement and activates the alternate pathway much, much more quickly. Now, as I've said, we know that um, defective mannose binding lectin production is regarded as the most common immune deficiency, actually, in the general population and affects approximately 5 to 7% of individuals. And so you find that you get a lot of dermatological diseases um, and other sort of problems as well. And, and it does come down to the fact that if you don't have this way of getting rid of bacteria um, and activating the complement system, 
it just it makes your life much much more difficult so I hope you've enjoyed that little whistle stop tour of compliment there is so much more to learn about compliment um, but I think this is enough for now I hope you really enjoyed it do catch up with more immunological topics in my immunological series podcasts so do check it out so thanks for listening and see you next time